This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about a topic that comes up over and over again, and it is comparisonitis. So have you ever suffered from comparisonitis? This is where you find yourself looking at other people who might be in a similar business or space to what you do, and you look at them and think, oh my gosh, they're doing so much more, so much better than me. Why don't I have a wait list of hundreds of people who want to work with me? Why do I not have a living room packed high to the rafters full of boxes and envelopes of products going out to customers? It's something that we can all identify with, I think, particularly as the version of reality we present on social media can so sometimes be so far removed from what our lives are really like. But comparisonitis can have a real impact on our self-esteem and it can make us feel really low. So this week on the podcast, I'm talking to Kate Hoyle, who is a therapist who deals with lots of people who struggle with comparisonitis. We're talking all about what it is, how to spot it, how to deal with it and simple steps that you can follow. So when you feel comparisonitis starting to bubble up within you, you can nip it in the bud and go back to feeling good about yourself. Also, do let me know if you found the advice that Kate shares in this episode helpful. Come and join me and chat to me in my free group, the Publicity for Pet Businesses community on Facebook. I'll link to it in the show notes and now on for the main part of the show. So thank you, Kate, so much for coming on the show. It's brilliant to have you here. Oh, no, it's lovely. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do, Kate? Sure. So um, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. And what that basically means is that I I work within therapy, but I use hypnosis as a part of that. I use a particular type of hypnosis called rapid transformational therapy, which is all about going to the root cause. Because in my opinion, you can't really solve something unless you really know where it comes from. Because otherwise, it's like a doctor giving you a tablet for a symptom, but never really making you well because they haven't found out what made you ill in the first place. So it's all about going right back, finding where something came from, and that's when you can change it. When you've had that understanding of why you do what you do, then then you're on your way to changing it. And then hypnosis also puts you in such a great state for accepting good suggestion. So we can find out all the answers because your subconscious stores everything. And then we can go in at the end and put in all the good stuff. And it's incredibly fast and efficient and effective. And I absolutely love it. Brilliant. Okay. So um, it's just taken me back then to where I got hypnotized to give up smoking probably about probably about 14 years ago. And it was fascinating. Yeah. And it worked as well, which is, yeah. which no, is it's, great. It's so effective. It really is. Yeah. So you do hypnotherapy and do you do um, do you do any other kinds of therapy? Um, no that's all I do I just work with a wide range of people in all sorts of subjects I particularly like working with um, business owners and people sort of maybe starting off their business careers if they're suffering from things like self-esteem low self-esteem or confidence um, imposter syndrome that sort of thing just because we can get rid of that and then they can go on to be really successful, which is just very exciting. My passion project is that I work a lot with teenagers uh, Mm -hmm. suffering from anxiety 
um, low self-esteem, depression, um, because I've, I've got lived and clinical experience of that. So that's that's an area I really love working in. But yeah, I, I work with men, women, all ages, all topics, you know, whatever people need to get rid of, to get free from. Brilliant. Okay. So we're here today um, to chat about comparisonitis. Um, because as I said at the beginning, this is something that comes up a lot in the I work with um pet business owners. Um, and I know I explained before we hit record, but a lot of people are service providers, so they'll be working with dogs, cats, um, providing grooming, training, walking, pet sitting, that kind of thing. And I also have product makers as well who make all kinds of brilliant things for, for our animals. Um, and comparisonitis is a thing that comes up quite a lot, particularly, I think, as business owners anyway. And I know it comes a lot comes up a lot um, with my audience and the people who I work with. So can you tell us, first of all, I think it'd be really helpful if you can explain what comparisonitis is to begin with. Yeah, sure. It's basically us thinking that we're not as good as somebody else. And that's because we are tribal animals. And so fitting in and being accepted is really important. So what we're doing all the time is assessing ourselves against other people like where do we fit within this tribe and of course we we then create sub tribes and and this you know so this is my business and these are other people running these businesses and so where do I fit and people have got to like me because if they don't like me they may reject me and that's our primitive brain really kicking in because fear of rejection is real, because if you go back to tribal days, hunter-gatherer days, if we were rejected by the tribe, that was pretty much the end. That was our, you know, We needed that for our survival. So it's an absolute primitive fear, and nobody should criticise themselves for doing it, because we've got all of that going on. And then you add to that, we've also got a primitive negativity bias. Yeah. So, and... That's really important because, again, hunter-gatherer days, you hear some rustling in the grass. You could either think, oh, that's that's my friend Ugg, that's fine, no problem at all, or and you don't take any notice, or you think, that could be a tiger, I better look. <laughs> and so it is pretty important, and, and it's kind of like, again, you know, what do you notice? Do you notice the mango or the tiger? You need to notice the tiger. So it's natural that we compare ourselves with others because that's us needing to fit in. And then it's natural for us to think, oh, well, I'm not so good because of the negativity bias. So we're naturally drawn to compare ourselves and then we're naturally drawn to compare ourselves negatively. So I think the first thing for everybody to understand is it's completely natural. And, you know, they're they're not at fault. You know, this is almost our primitive makeup you know driving us down that route but the difference is with some people that will have a major impact on them and others it won't and that comes down to self-esteem yeah so what I see and you know I've also experienced it myself you know I think as you say it's completely natural to to experience this and it's something that we all have um but you know, when you're at different stages in your career, you and or in your business or whatever it is that you do, you there are people who you look up to, and there are people who are at the same level as you, and there are people who might be um, 
you know, who might seem like they've just started out, but they're absolutely, you know, they're they're skyrocketing, they're doing really well. Um, and I think with I think in, in the old days, you know, we just kind of see that person from from time to time, wouldn't we? And we might, we might, you know, we might hear through the company grapevine that they've done really well or had a promotion. And that was fine. And you know, you just trundle on and get on with your life, don't you? Whereas now we've got this this whole new world I say new obviously we've had social media for the best part of 15 20 years haven't we but we've got this completely different world where everything that everybody's doing is playing out there in you know for us all to see so can you tell us about like how social media works and how um, and the reality the, the slightly warped reality we have on social media and how that can impact on us well I think the interesting piece is what you just said you said oh we get to see everything that everybody is doing but the trouble is we don't. We see the good bits of what they're doing. Yeah. So social media is not only a little tiny snapshot of anybody's life. It's only the good stuff. I mean, how many times do you post when things have gone wrong? I don't. I don't, you know, I don't when I'm having a really bad day or, you know, everything seems to have gone wrong or you know, I've had a cancellation or whatever it is. We don't post about that stuff. We only yeah. post about the positive, happy stuff or if we're really down about something and we want support. So it's just not reality. But because we're surrounded by it, it's become our new reality. And it's really hard to step away from that and not be drawn into it because when you're just surrounded by stuff, we, we are so impacted by the images that we see. This is why the social media companies, they make sure everything's bright colours and they make sure it's images because images have a huge impact on us because everything that goes on in our, in our lives is basically down to the words we tell ourselves and the pictures we create. So social media being visual is absolutely on purpose. And, you know, these big companies, they have spent millions on research of how to draw us in, keep us there. And, you know, Facebook in particular only wants the happy stuff. And they promote the happy stuff because they want people to have a good experience. So if you're in Facebook, you're having a good time and you're seeing good pictures and positive stories. And of course, that just makes it even worse when we're comparing ourselves to other people because all we're seeing is all the good bits of their life and so we take that as fact and and it's you know not yeah I've got a friend and she actually works um she's done she's done she's trained to be a psychotherapist um she works in the NHS now doing something completely different but she um I remember during her training she'd regularly take breaks from social media because it was dragging her down and because she was doing all of this training becoming really you know really in educated and in informed on how these things work mm. you can you know you can take that time and stuff away from it can't you but um one of the things I I see a lot is um people will like during the pandemic obviously we you know you've got a dog yourself haven't you lots mm, of people yeah. have got dogs or got pets there's been like this huge boom in the pet population there's been like 3.2 million people have bought pets in the last 18 months which is huge mm. And what will happen is there'll be one dog trainer or dog walker on social media, usually Facebook, saying, oh, this is brilliant. I'm fully booked. Um, you know, I've got a wait list going on until, you know, 2023 and I don't know what to do. And then you've got somebody else who might have just started out looking at the person who's got the wait list for another year or so. 
and thinking, you know, why isn't that happening to me? And it makes them feel, it makes them feel rubbish. But, you know, it's just the simple fact that they've only just started out, whereas this, the person they're looking at might have been established for, you know, decades even mm. is, you know, that's what we need to take away, isn't it? But it's hard when you're in that low, um, you know, when you're feeling low or you, you, your confidence is wobbling or your self-esteem is low to, you know, to not do that, isn't it? It's hard not to compare yourself. It's very hard. And, you know, our attention goes where our our energy is. And if we're feeling a bit down about things, we will just notice things that actually make us feel more down about ourselves. Yep. And, you know, it becomes, you can easily sink into that, well, everyone else has got it sussed and sorted and everyone else is being really successful and it's just me and what's wrong with me. And, you know, people generally completely overestimate what they can achieve in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in two. Yeah. So when you start off, of course, you're looking at the people that are more successful because you want to learn from them. But you have to bear that in mind. You're learning from them. You are not at that stage yet. So if you want to you want to follow people that have been successful because you want to see well, how did they do it? But then it's no good saying, as you say, you can't compare yourself if somebody who's been in business for 10 years or maybe built up a good client base doing something slightly different and then has just transitioned. Yeah. So it might look like a new business, but they've got their client list already. They may have more support. They, you know, they may have family members that are helping out. You know, if mm-hmm. you're just on your own and you're starting out and you have to do you know, all the dog walks and the dog grooming, and you've got to do your accounts and you've got to do your marketing and then everything else that goes with it, all the paperwork, all the insurance, everything, you may not even have as much time as that person to do the grooming or the walking or whatever it is. So, you know, you you just have to bring it back to to reality and realise, why am I looking at this other person? I'm looking at this other person for inspiration or to find out what they did. Yeah. I'm not that person. And I wouldn't want to be that person. You know, what's the point of going into business and being the same as everybody else? You want to offer something different. That's why people want to come to you. So it's all about really remembering why you're looking at that person anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think also, I think there's a lot to be said for looking at people who've like, particularly I'm talking for, uh, for the people who listen to this podcast, for pet professionals, actually looking at people who've been really successful and thinking actually okay so who has helped them who have they worked with what programs have they been on um what you know what marketing have they learned about what have they done to get there because quite often you know we're all trying to do so many different things Mm. um and actually if somebody has let's say if somebody's done really well in the dog training business by using instagram like that you know some people do brilliantly on instagram some people think it's completely waste of time because it's not not you know it's not their cup of tea I know a really brilliant dog trainer. She was on the podcast actually called Karen Mayer. And she used to be a fashion PR. So she's really, she worked with Alexander Alexander McQueen and people like that. I mean, she's just legendary. Anyway, she was talking about, she went from fashion PR to dog trainer and she's got a beautiful brand and she's, you know, everything. It's it's really, really Instagram. And she does so well on the platform because she's not only make, she doesn't, just make everything look beautiful but she tells really good stories because of her storytelling background Mm -hmm. so she does really well on Instagram but I know other dog trainers who might think it's who might it might not work for them but if you know if somebody's looking at Karen and thinking okay I'd like to do what she's done actually going to this lady and saying you know can I 
I see how great you are on Instagram. You know, do you have any advice for me? I know Karen would be, you know, she would fall over herself to help people. So sometimes we can use a comparisonitis in quite a positive way, can't we? If we've got someone who we aspire to be like, then we can, you know, potentially, you know, that that can actually help us, can't it? If they're receptive to, you know, giving us a little bit of support along the way. Absolutely. And you don't even have to go directly to that person because, A, they can inspire you to keep going because you see what's possible. And B, you can reverse engineer it. You know, well, what did they have to do in order to get there? Oh, look, she set up this amazing Instagram page. What's special about her Instagram page? Oh, actually, she's really good at photography. Is that something I can do? And then it's about finding what works for you. There's no point laboring away at Instagram if you hate taking photos or you don't yep. like being creative in that way find a, find what works for you because running a business is hard enough as it is don't make it any harder by forcing yourself to do something just because it was successful for somebody else you have to you have to be able to resonate with whatever it is you're doing because honestly social media takes up so much time you have to enjoy whatever platform you're on because otherwise it's just going to be a slog and you're never going to be that enthusiastic about it and that's going to come across. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's the same with um, content marketing as well. Like I've got this podcast and I love it and it really works for me. But we were talking before, weren't we, before we started recording and you said, is it video as well as audio? And I was like, no, I really don't like doing video. Um, and video doesn't work for me but often people would say why don't you do YouTube why don't you repurpose your videos why don't you do this and I'm like well that just doesn't work for me yeah so it might work brilliantly for other people who might do a similar thing but doesn't work for me and it's about finding that isn't it and exactly finding something that you can enjoy and then if you enjoy it it becomes a lot easier to do doesn't it um I touched on it before, but we talked a little bit about the different training courses that people can do. So they might think, oh, I'll be good enough if I've got this certificate mm. or if I've got this affiliation or if I've, if I've done this or I've done that. And while I really do believe that you do need to have, you know, you do be able to, you do need to be able to show your credentials, there can be a point where sometimes um, studying can be a form of procrastination and hold you back Ooh. as well. Oh, yes. I've been, I have been a serial course purchaser in my time. (laughs) I bought so many courses. I don't even know the logins. I don't know how to access them. Um, I'd love to do them all, but of course, there's never enough time. I think partly with me, it's because I love learning. But yeah, imposter syndrome is real. And I've, I've worked with some really successful people. And you'd be amazed at doesn't matter what level people are at they still get imposter syndrome they still feel not good enough and this is where I really come in because that is down to self-esteem and confidence we can fake confidence confidence is what goes on the outside and that's what we were talking about with social media so many people can sound as if they're absolutely amazing and business is great you know you don't know whether it is they're just saying that but Self-esteem is how we really feel about ourselves from the inside. And lots of successful people said to me, oh, you, you know, people would be amazed if I was sitting here talking to you about this because I seem so confident. But, but that's a very, very separate thing. Yeah. And the fact about, oh, I'll feel good enough when I have that piece of paper. I'll feel good enough when I've got more qualifications than anybody else or nobody's going to trust me until I've done x y and z 
that all that is is your low self-esteem coming out and if you felt if you increase your self-esteem you realize it doesn't matter the pieces of paper you've got and it doesn't actually matter what other people say all that matters is how you feel about yourself and how good you are at what you do and you always have to come back to that you always have to come back to but I'm good at this you know I enjoy this I, I've seen the results I can I can really do what I'm trying to do yeah and you it's just incredible. I agree that we all need a certain level of training, whatever we're doing, to be, you know, safe and secure yeah. and for a good service. But nobody ever asks. Like, you know, how many times have you been asked to show your certificate or your qualifications? People go yeah. by your results. They don't go by a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I do think um, it's called, some people call it procrastinate learning, don't they? Where you just yes. keep learning and learning and learning yeah. and you've got to go and do it, haven't you? And that's you? the thing, you know, people do that with happiness. I'll be happy when, I'll be yeah. happy when I've got my successful business. I'll be happy when I've got that mansion. I'll be happy when my cash flow is looking a lot healthier. I'll be successful when I've got all these qualifications. You know, it's just, if you're looking for something else in order to fulfill that need, it's never going to work because you're looking for something external and it's only ever going to come from within. Yeah, it's just when you were chatting, I was thinking about the dogs and what we can learn from the dogs because they are just in the moment. They're not thinking. I mean, Patch would think I'll be happy when I get my advent calendar door opened this, you know, this morning because he will he will be happier when he gets his advent calendar treat. We're recording this in December yeah. 2021. And, you know, if he sees the ball, then he'll, he'll be happier when he's got the ball. But generally, they're just there, aren't they? They're not thinking, oh, my my tail doesn't wag as much as Barney's exactly. down the road, exactly. do they? <laughs> you know, you can, you can, I, love, I love looking at dogs and just thinking if we were more like dogs, to be honest, because, you know, and they can be so engaged in something and then suddenly it'd be like, squirrel! And, you know, then they're off on the next thing and they're totally engaged in that. <laughs> Um, so absolutely we, we can living in the moment is something I think we've really lost the ability to do yeah and it's really important and then, now people are actually having to relearn mindfulness because we've got really bad at just being at just sitting and doing nothing and I see it a lot with children now people are almost scared of children being bored you can't go somewhere without there being some entertainment with the children. What are the children going to do? Well, yeah. boredom, <clears throat> it really encourages creativity. And those times when we're still, you know, maybe going out for a dog walk, I, I never tune in, plug into anything. When I'm out in nature, I find that really restoring. But also I let my mind wander. And that's when you tend to be most creative. That's when you have your great business ideas or, you know, you you come up with the answers to things when you're just literally letting your mind flow and not busy, 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 you know, and thinking ahead, and, you know, either worrying about the past, worrying about the future. The past you can't do anything about and the future hasn't happened yet. So we've only really got now. <laughs> so we might as well enjoy it. Yeah, it's so true what you were saying about um, having ideas when you're out doing nothing. Like I will sometimes, if I go out for a walk with the dog, phone free and stuff, I will sometimes take a pad and paper out with me because I know that there'll be mm. stuff that will come to me. Um, but yeah, we have, I agree that we have lost that whole thing of just stopping and 
actually by comparing ourselves to others or trying to be like others we lose what makes us special and what makes us different don't we well exactly and you think because we're always comparing ourselves to others it's just you just have to ask that question but I wasn't designed to be that person and I might not even want to be that person I might want their success or whatever but there is nobody else on this entire planet exactly like you and that's by design Mm -hmm. so we're not even supposed to be anybody else we can't be anybody else we can only be ourselves and that's okay and that's that's a brilliant thing because that's the whole thing no one else can can offer what we're offering because nobody else is us especially anyone listening to this I know there's lots of people who listen to this that offer a pet service it's not just the service you offer it's you offering that service like there's lots of therapists people can go to all sorts of therapists but they're not me you know I I I can only do me (laughs) and so if you connect with me then I'm the right person for you and it's the same with you know when I take my dog to be groomed I'm not just going by the result I'm going by the experience how how does my groomer treat my dog you know I, I stay and I chat and you know so it, it it's very much it's okay to be you because that's who you're supposed to be and that's all you can be yeah I also think I think that's a really good point that you made about um as a therapist and also um as a pet owner and the relationship you have with, with the pet professionals you work with um because I think sometimes we can lose sight of that and I know um like one of the dog trainers I work with she's she's incredible and she's got an amazing really thriving business um, and we were chatting the other day because there are other dog trainers coming up in her town and in her area and mm-hmm. she's got a lot of long-standing clients but you're always you know you she's always hoping that new dog owners will go and use her services but I think what we need to remember is that as owners and you and me are talking as owners we're not pet professionals yeah. but as owners we hold the pet professionals we work with in such high regard like Sue oh, my dog trainer she's incredible I love her and mm-hmm. You know, I, I I hope she isn't listening to this because it is a bit cringe, but like every word that comes out of her mouth, I'm literally hanging on. And she helped me so much with Patch and she's given us some more help um, over the coming months as well with the thing that we've had with him. Um, and, you know, I'm just so, as soon as she said, I can help you, I was like, oh my gosh, thank God for that. The thought of working with somebody else, I'd be not, and even, you know, even though I do know a lot of other pet professionals, yeah. but I know Sue knows Patch and I know how she works and I know he really likes her and stuff. And it's like, oh thank god so we hold these people in such high regard and they're so precious to us and the thought of not having them is like oh that's terrible so actually that you know if I ever thought that Sue was comparing herself to other dog trainers I'd be like what it would be you know as a as a consumer I think that that would be that would be crazy and also that's really interesting that you that's how you view her so you view her as the expert she's the expert in that field and what we have to recognize is that we are the expert in our fields. (laughs) So the same way we hold other people in really high esteem, your customers will hold you in really high esteem. You don't need to keep proving yourself, you know, that if they've come back, they like you (laughs) and they want to work with you. And, and we're not supposed to be the expert in everything, but we're supposed to be really good at the thing we're offering. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting topic, actually, because I think and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think a lot of the time we can be 
when we're creating content or we're putting stuff out there or whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's social media or a podcast like this even or a course or a challenge, we can be thinking, well, I'm putting this out there and what is so-and-so going to think who is in the oh, same field yeah. as me? But actually, it doesn't matter what they think because it isn't for them. Like my publicity challenge is not for people who are journalists or who work yes. in PR. Yes. It's for people who want to learn about getting publicity. Exactly. So instead of thinking about what our colleagues are thinking, we should be thinking about what the people who've benefited from the products or the service are thinking yeah, rather yeah. than rather than them. I'll give you a classic example. So my my husband, who's always had a corporate career, and I used to be in corporate, and I use LinkedIn, I use pretty much any social media. Uh, except TikTok at the minute. And um, he said, you know, there's, there's there's a thing on LinkedIn, quite a few people don't like um, anything other than business being on there. And I'm like, that's absolutely fine. They're not my ideal client. So actually, I don't, I don't care what they think, because then, like you say, they're not who I'm talking to. And, yeah. you know, if somebody is not needing your service, so if you're a dog groomer, and a cat person comes along, they'll just scroll past. They won't even notice. But the dog owner will go, oh, that that's, relates to me. And they're the people that you want to attract. So, you know, we're so bombarded. You'll only really get the interest of people that are engaged in what you're doing. Most people don't care. And it's harsh to say, most people don't care what you're doing. They'll only, they'll only engage with you if you're offering something they want. And the other thing, which is really powerful, is to recognise that people form an opinion about you the moment they hear your voice, see your picture, hear what you've got to say, read your words. They've already formed an opinion. Now, if they're already going to form an opinion anyway, go do your thing, because everyone's going to have an opinion. And that's all it is. It's just an opinion. Just because somebody says something or thinks something, it doesn't make it fact. And we have to remind ourselves all the time. And if there's just opinion, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It's whether you let it in or not. And the person with low self-esteem will let it in and treat it as fact. And the person with good self-esteem will just treat it as an opinion and decide whether to let it in or not. Because at the end of the day, the only opinion that really matters is the opinion we have of ourselves, because that's what we listen to more than yeah. anybody else. I think it's always a work in progress, isn't it? Things like this. And always. You're right. Like the, um, I've had, I had somebody once say that I talk too fast. Right. And I know I talk really fast, especially if I get excited. Like when we've been chatting, I've gone from talking quite slowly to going, no, 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 no. But I can't help that. And also some people who 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 like working with me will find, you know, that enthusiasm or the fact that I get really excited when they have when something great happens for them, that's a good thing. Whereas, you know, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, are you? So exactly. And also what they're saying. that. That again, that's not a fact. You talk too fast is not a fact. What they're saying is you talk too fast for me. And we don't finish the sentence. Yeah. Oh, I talk too fast. Maybe I shouldn't talk too fast. But like you say, most people who engage with you like the fact that you talk the way you do. My daughter would be horrified if someone talks slowly because she's lost it. She's got ADHD. She's yeah. lost interest. She listens to videos double speed because she can't bear it when it's too slow so 
and and also lots of times, especially with audio, if you speak too slowly, people disengage. So, yeah, it, it, it's just not a statement of fact that that person was just talking about how they perceive you, yeah. not how everyone perceives you. Yeah, I think it's um it's something like I say, something that we work on, and something that I think with experience as well, and building confidence and building self esteem. Yeah. They, you know, you, the time that that might bother you for gets smaller and smaller to the point where you think, as you say, you know, that's their opinion and yeah. and that's what they think and they, that, you know, they're not for me and that's it or I'm not for them. Um, so we talked loads about comparisonitis um, and I know that you, t- I know that um, you obviously work with people um, via hypnotherapy for that, but I wanted to get some suggestions really about, you know, if, okay, so if, what I'd love is some really practical advice. So if I am on Facebook and I'm looking and I see somebody who I used to work with and they're doing amazing things and I feel rubbish and that makes me feel, um, you know, sets off all these different negative emotions and then I could go into a spiral or I could do these things. What steps would you suggest that I would follow to um, when I recognise I'm comparing myself to take a step back and protect myself and to stop going down that negative spiral? Well, that's the first thing, is to stop the spiral, because a negative spiral only goes one way, and it keeps yes. going down. And you have to you have to stop in order to push yourself back up again. So the very first thing you have to do is to do what we were talking about earlier, is come into the moment. Yeah. Because what you're doing is your mind is racing about the past, the future, all things that that aren't relevant to now. And and so if you find yourself going down that spiral and you want to become in present, personally, the best thing for me is to just go out for a walk, to get into nature, to unplug. But it could be as simple as put your focus on something in front of you. It can be a pen. It could be a leaf. It could be a chair. It could be absolutely anything. And notice every single thing about that object. So if it's a pen, what colours the pen? Does it have a lid? Does it have a retractor? Is it full of ink? Does it feel cold or warm? Um, How would you sell that pen? You know, um, tell me everything about that pen. Does it have any writing on it? Is it plastic? Is it metal? And just by really focusing on something it brings your attention to the moment and that stops the downward spiral. And then to push yourself back up to the positive side, gratitude is a wonderful thing because if you're feeling gratitude, you cannot at the same time feel a negative emotion. So start listing things that you're grateful for in your your life. Just run run through them in your, your head. Do you have your health? Do you have all your limbs? Do you have people that you love in your life? Do you have the ability to have a roof over your head? Absolutely anything you're grateful for, your pet, your loved ones. And that's a fabulous way of shifting your emotion. And then the third one I'd say is if you really can't get out of this mindset of everyone's doing better than me, look for the evidence. Become the judge, the jury. Is that really true? All the assumptions you're making, what evidence is there for that? Not just a picture, a snapshot, a photo, what someone said, 
Where's the evidence? And where's the evidence that you're not being successful in all those areas? Think of all the things that you have achieved, not all the things that you haven't achieved. We've, it goes back to negativity bias, right? And we talked about right at the beginning. We're really good at focusing on the things that we're not good at or we haven't done. Celebrate the wins. It doesn't matter how tiny that win is. Celebrate yourself every day because being a business owner is lonely and it's hard and it's never ending and no one else is going to celebrate your wins so you have to celebrate them and you have to celebrate hard and it doesn't matter how tiny that win is you know make sure you recognize yourself definitely um I did a podcast a few weeks ago about having a win folder I did it around Christmas time and one of the things I I love to do right I know this sounds a little bit a bit weird but um I don't know why I started doing the wind folder, but I think somebody sent me a thank you card. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to put it in a folder and then started putting little notes in there or printing out emails or screenshots of messages and stuff. And it's built up over over the years. It's not like massive or anything, but whenever something really lovely happens, I either put it in a digital wind folder, which is just a folder in Dropbox Mm -hmm. full of screenshots. um, Or if it's, you know, physical, I'll put it into a physical wind folder and that really really lifts me up when um yeah when I feel you know when I feel like I need it and I think I bang on to all my clients about having a wind folder and they look at me like I'm a bit crazy but the ones who do it say that it's It's really helpful it's absolutely fabulous because it goes back to what I was saying about everything's about the words we create and the images we we produce for ourselves and if you have those images you know you see those photos or the digital folder or the physical folder it just reminds you that you know you've you've achieved great things and you've helped people and you know and and people like you and and it's it's all okay so it's a it's a fabulous reminder because it just brings us to the positive but sometimes we have to actively move to the positive yeah fantastic okay well I think that's a really lovely point to end on so thank you so much for coming and talking to me it's been really really interesting chatting to you and something of what I wanted to cover for a long time Kate so thank you so I will put all the links to Kate's website and social media handles in the show notes for this episode but Kate do you want to tell us a little bit about how people can find out more about you and where to find you online yeah basically most you know whether Instagram Facebook website if you if you type in Kate Hoyle hypnotherapy and Hoyle is the tricky one that's h-o-y-l-e then you're going to find me and you know just um take a look at what I do what I have to say you know whether it resonates or not and um if you go onto my website which is katehoylehypnotherapy.com there's a contact me button and or just send me a dm on social media I love talking to people I absolutely love talking to people meeting new people very happy to have chats with anybody so um, absolutely anybody can get in contact and I'll always try and come up with some practical advice you know even if they don't want to to work with me one-to-one brilliant okay well thank you again so much for coming on the show and um, and all the very best with all of the work that you do thank you very much Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources on ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.